The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Well, it's 24 hours away. Can Scotland leap out of lockdown by beating Israel? Are Rangers under more transfer pressure with Leeds chasing Barisic? And is Odson Edouard on his way back for Celtic as he trains with the French under-21s? These and other questions to consider in the next couple of hours. Welcome to the Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, and Leanne Crichton is back with us. How are you? Good, thanks, Rob. Glad and to be here. your mission for the next two hours, well, you've got lots of missions <laughs> in the next two hours, but one of them is to compile your Scotland team, and it needs to be better than Barry Ferguson's. Oh, that wouldn't be too hard, but I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> I love that fighting talk. Yeah, I like that yeah. as well, actually. Yeah. Um, looking forward to the game tomorrow night? I am, actually. Um, I think we're just so excited that there's football on TV it's been burning I know the games have been on so it's nice to have that consistency and I think we had a bit of excitement knowing that the games were happening then they were called off and I think it's just good to have the national team back so yep very looking forward to it and the big question is can Scotland's men do what Scotland's women did I mean not obviously these games are leading to the World Cup as I tried to explain to myself on the show last night what, they, <laughs> what, these, quali- what these qualifiers are all about but uh, the big game in a sense is in October uh, when Scotland are theoretically two games away from those uh, finals but you can have that smug look about you at the moment because obviously uh, Scotland's women have been to a major final uh, we have been but listen I've always been a, a Scotland supporter and a Scotland fan and I think all the the girls at the national team are the same. We just, you know, get right behind the, the side and we want our teams to be at major tournaments. So hopefully um, we're on the right road to achieving that. And I think these games that are coming up over the next couple of days certainly give us that opportunity to build momentum heading into next month's matches. So fingers crossed. Obviously, I remember uh, World Cup 98 because I was there because I was working at it. Uh, how, much do you, how, how much do you remember about the last time the Scotland men's team made it to, to the big event? Yeah, I don't remember too much in, in terms of the ins and outs of the games, but I do remember it being like total football fever in Scotland. I remember coming home, we had kind of decorated the house, we had got the football snacks in, it was on TV, the whole family was watching it. Um, the game against Brazil, like the opening game, and it just total football fever. I just loved it. Every second of my you know days growing up were consumed by football. Um, so to think that we had to wait until 2019 until I was actually at a major tournament to experience it again was you know was really sad. I want to know what Leanne's football snacks are. Oh, everything, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> I get Stephen Craig and looked at me the other night when I had a pie. I don't know what was it, a cheese bake or something. He was thinking, oh, I wouldn't eat one of those things. It's <laughs> like what? Do you, so, do you remember that, Ali? Do you remember World Cup '98? Um, I was only four years old, so not not really. I'm joking. I know uh, I don't remember. I was, <laughs> I was trying to do the massive. No. I was like, oh dear. Rob was there working. Oh, no. I remember it on TV. Uh, just keeping you on your toes. Um, I, I was doing a little mental calculation as you said that. Like, no. Sorry. State of panic <laughs> came over Rob's face. The colour just started draining. That has been my favourite moment in this whole show for the past four weeks. No, but honestly, like incredible memories to think back and even looking at the way the country reacted to us being there in 2019 at the yeah. World Cup. Football fans in Scotland are crazy. They absolutely love it. We are so enthusiastic. Honestly, there's no fans like Scotland fans. So I, I think just that burning desire to get there and to do that again and, and have the nation experience it has is, got to be the motivation that the players need. Let's hear what Scott McTominay has to say about that game uh, tomorrow night. He surely will be featuring uh, for Stevie Clark's selection. Just a question of where he's going to play in that team. But here he is on the official Scotland podcast. 
utmost respect for for teams like that who are who are very very good side as well. And um, for us, they have to respect us as well. The threat, the threats we've got, the players we've got in our team, we've got a, a very very good squad. And the manager reiterated that in the meeting this morning. It's about the squad. It's it's about everybody as a group. Everybody together pulling in the same way. And and that's so important when it comes to competitions like this that everybody's fighting in the same direction. And and for us, that message is very clear from from the staff. It's when you hear that voice of Scott McTominay that it just reminds you that the quality players that Scotland have got available to them. We tend to sometimes major on the positions in which we're uh, deficient, um, but we've, we've we've got some class acts, and uh, Leanne, and he's one of them. Absolutely, Robin. I think we're so quick to criticise um, the national team. We're so quick to doubt the players that have come and gone over the years and I think Scott McTominay is one of those players that even at, at times I've possibly been you know, slightly too critical of him I, I think as he was coming through and he struggled to break into that Man United team and, and have that level of consistency that you expect him to then just turn up you know, play 45 minutes for the national team and do really well and blow everybody away because he is a Man United player but I think what he's done over the last 18 months has really shown people the, the quality that he's got um, and the way he's performed and for me not to give too much away about what the starting eleven would be, mm-hmm. but for me, I would oh. I would have him in there, um, and I would be trialing him as a centre back because I do think that he's he's shown the quality on the ball that I think Scotland need, um, and certainly defensively, with his height and his stature and and his pace and power that he's got, I, I think he would slot in there. No bother. You've been listening to Barry Ferguson. Have I? Is did Barry say that as well? He did. No, honestly, for a, for a long, <laughs> yeah. long time. Great yeah, minds. I've absolutely. Um, I've seen it in his game and the way that he plays in, in the sense that he's always got that defensive edge to him as well. He's not just a, a you know a box-to-box midfielder that goes beyond all the time. When you watch him playing for Man United, he's one of the players that recognises, similar to the position that I would play you know, in the national team, but it's not for me about going forward. It's not about getting into the opposition box all the time, albeit he can do that. But I think he's got that defensive mindset that not a lot of midfielders have actually got. And I, I think when you look at the other midfielders that Steve Clark could choose from, a lot of them are so offensive minded that it would be difficult to, to put them back in there um, and it's always a position that we've, we've struggled to find that balance yeah, and, very much so. and get those players in so now's the time to try it I think and um, it would be great to see how it goes Yeah and, and Barry reckons that's maybe a position that, that he will actually play he'll move into eventually that he's such a, a natural to, to play there that even though it's midfield at the moment that's probably where he's going to end up as a, as a ball playing centre back Yeah Possibly, I, I think, you know, it's one of those ones, I know a lot of players even in, in our national team that play two completely different positions, whether they're at the national team and they're at club football, and, and that's just part and parcel of how it is, and you, you know, you pick your best players and you want to get your best players on the pitch, and at times that means often playing them what would be deemed as out of position, Um I think the boy's so athletic he's got so much to his game so he could have a great career at Man United always being a midfielder um, and then drop into that defensive role in midfield where he kind of just needs to adapt his game and perhaps not do as much running as what he does now Um, but I certainly think he's got all the attributes and he's versatile um, which is exactly what Scotland need Let's go to New York Uh, seems like a good idea we're going to give it a go (laughs) anyway and uh, hopefully uh, on the line we have Gary Mackay-Steven Hello, Gary. Oh, hi, how are you doing? Good, Gary. How, how, are, th- how are things? I, I, it's just a shame we're not actually sitting beside you, uh, even even keeping a social distance um, in the Big Apple. That would be nice. How, how is life in New York? Yeah, good. All good over here. Um, aye, a little bit different year, but um, nah, um, I'm happy, healthy, so can't complain. 
And how was last night's game? It was 2-0, was it, against New England Revolution? Yeah, 1-2-0. Um, tough place to go. Um, I don't think we won there in the last few seasons, so um, it was good to, to get the result in the clean sheet. And, um, you know, we've built a little bit of momentum the last few games, so um, no, it, it was definitely a really positive result. Do you use the tough place to go cliche even when, when you're in uh, America as well? <laughs> yeah, bring that over from <laughs> Scotland. Um, <laughs> just a uh, robotic answer, but no, it, it certainly is. They've, uh, I think they were on a big un, unbeaten run for about six games, and you know it's a, a turf field, so it's a tough place to go. But um, no, the boys done really well. Was it a big decision for you to take? I mean, it wouldn't be a big decision for me. I would have to say, if somebody asked me to. Uh, come and work in New York that that wouldn't be a big issue I'd be booking my flight ticket uh, there and then but I guess in, in football terms uh, you have to think about what it means to you when you've been very much on the radar here and, and maybe a risk of going slightly off the radar in, in international terms when you go to the MLS was did you think about that much? Um, not really I mean I just thought it was a, a big opportunity for me and personally and professionally. Um, you know, I looked at Johnny Russell who came over and, you know, he was still um in the national team and I've came over and I've I've seen the league and um, you know, it's a it's a great place to play your football. The standard's really good and um like I say I'm I'm enjoying on field, off field, it's it's great. So no I've I've no regrets. And is that still an ambition with you? I know you've got a couple of caps already, but to to get back in the in the Scotland squad, do you, do you feel because of the standards over there, um, and the, the fact that Johnny Russell, Lewis Morgan, uh, are playing there, that 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 helps as well to to keep you on the radar? Yeah, definitely it helps. Um, you know, our games are um, broadcasted everywhere now, um, and you know there's a big scope on the league too, so. No, nah, certainly I get back to just a run of games and get my form good, you know. Um, people are always watching, so um, no, nah, um, just need to keep what, working hard here and um, doing well for New York City, first and foremost. I'm going to let Leanne and, and Ali have a quick a chat with you as well, because when you and I are speaking, you're from Thurso, I'm from Invergordon, and it's kind of right enough United uh, when, the two, <laughs> when the two of us get together. Leanne, what would you like to say to Gary? <laughs> Hi Gary, it's Leanne, how are you doing? Uh, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, all good, thank you. I'm just wondering, looking on from afar when these international games are, are coming up, how do you feel when you're not part of the squad? Do you still have that kind of same support for, for the team and, you know, looking forward to hopefully a day that you'll get yourself back in amongst it? Well, massively, yeah. No, you're excited for all the games coming up. Um, obviously, it's, it's Nations League's qualifiers, first and foremost, these next ones. Um, for a few years' time, but you know Israel coming up uh, the Euro playoff, and you know it's big, big, exciting games and a lot to play for. So now nah, being a, a supporter as well, you know I follow them um, whenever I can, and you know I know a lot of the boys in the squad, and you know it's, we've got such strength and depth now, and you know I feel um, there's great things happening, and hopefully boys can keep the momentum and you know starting against Israel who will be a few ties against coming up 
Yeah, no, absolutely. See, when you're over there, I've got family that, that stay in America as well and they're kind of football mad and, and soccer, that is, just in case we need to confirm that. Um, but see, in terms of the, your team and your teammates, do they have the same kind of interest in the national team as what we are in Scotland where we're all totally consumed by it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I can only speak for, for my club, but We've got so many different nationalities in our team. Um, a lot of Europeans, a lot of South Americans, a lot of Americans who, who go away with their national teams every break. So, um, no, everyone's, you know, they kind of see that as the pinnacle as well for them. And, you know, there's definitely a sense of excitement when international games come around and, you know, everyone wants to perform week in, week out. So, um, to give themselves the opportunity of getting the call up, and um, no, I think you know that's that's a pinnacle for anyone's career. Gary, it's Ali here. There's a lot of frustration at the moment, I guess, with the Scotland team with Lauren Shanklin and Ollie McBurney having to pull out due to injury. And of course, when you were in England, you suffered some setbacks as well. That must have been frustrating. I mean, not being able to show what you're capable of. Yeah, I think anyone. Um, involved in football, you know, injuries are the are the worst, and you know you can you can have a a long term injury that you're out, and you know you know exactly how long your time scales back. But I feel like if you have you know these niggly injuries um, that you know hamper you and don't allow yourself to play at hundred percent, they're almost worse because. Um, People are maybe think you should be playing or not when you're not quite right, and you know everyone knows their own body, and you know as a footballer, injuries, you know they can be so frustrating. I mean, you had some escalation in your career after that early disappointment at Liverpool, at Fulham, where it, where it didn't quite happen for you because of injury. You you were Airdrie United for a, for a short spell, then Dundee United. Your career really lifting off at that point. You got the move to to Celtic, Aberdeen, now uh, now in in New York, Gary. I mean, it, and and I guess that just shows uh, that's a, that's a great story for youngsters, isn't it? Who who do hit injury issues that. Uh, it's a long, It's not a short game. It's a long game. Yeah, for sure. I think you know when you first start out, you know your your career. You can never kind of compare yourself to anyone. And you know some people um, from an early age have a meteoric rise and just everything goes the way they want it. But you know you're going to have setbacks along the road sometimes. And I think um, everyone's path. To the top if you like it's different and you know whether that be injury or a number of things Make us feel totally sick tell us about your New York apartment and what life is like there go on I'm going to hate this but go for it anyway Oh, it looks like he's just dropped. We've just dropped that call. Maybe the international well, link isn't working so well. That, that was maybe timely because I think I... <laughs> you didn't I, want to know. I probably, was, I probably was about to feel uh, completely ill. But, uh, I mean, what a great what a great opportunity. Uh, and I think, you know, it's, it's making moves, deciding on where you're going to go next, it's a, it's a real issue for a, for a footballer, Leanne. But, but um, just the... I mean, he's, well, that's the, the, we might be able to live on here. We might be able to. Ring him. You get the ringing tone. 
Are, are you there? Hello. Hey. Yeah, we've got, right. got you back. This is, this is live radio where we actually dial you during the show and we just hope you're going to answer it. I, I wondered actually whether that was a little filter on the phone line uh, saving me from you telling me all about your glamorous penthouse apartment in New York and the and the lifestyle you have. Tell, tell me what it's what it's like uh, away from the football side of it, Gary. Um, yeah, I mean, um, New York... Um, Basically, in the world. Right. Okay. We're having. Uh, we're you having... need to take the hint. Robbie just doesn't <laughs> want to tell you about that apartment. I don't know. Either that, or it's not as good as, as what we've got our, our nah, thoughts on. Nah, nah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking outside. It's sunny in Glasgow. So, um, uh, how could it possibly be better over there? But no, I mean, we were. Oh, speaking... Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> are, are we going to go for it again? We're going to go for the hat trick of. Have we got you back? Hello. Hi, Gary. <laughs> yeah. Right, let, let... Three strikes and you're out, Gary, yeah. just to let you know. Yeah, if you could pay your phone bill, that would that would help, Gary. But um, t- tell us about li- <laughs> tell us about lifestyle. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a crazy place to be. It's, you know, it's got everything going on, regardless of what your interests are. Um, obviously, this year has been a little bit different with the lockdown and stuff, but. Um, certainly now the city's opening up a lot more and I feel, you know, it's great to be in the city even now because... Um... No, we're going to uh, we're gonna leave it um, at that. Gary McKay, Stephen... We're going to make us any more jealous. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, enjoying life in uh, New York City. And, uh, well, he won't be ruling out a return, will he? From what, from what he was saying, he would like to think that the standards over there, which, I mean, pro- probably... Um, it's showing your age a little bit and maybe being a little bit out of date to, to look at MLS and think that you're off the radar. I know. It, I think that's us being typically Scottish when we look at that. Cause I even find myself asking Rachel Corsi questions when she's over there as if she's removed from society altogether just <laughs> because we, we live in this bubble in Scotland where we only see um, what, you know, what we know. Um, but I think it, it's refreshing that that Gary's actually went and, and taken on that challenge to go over there because you would see it as a gamble as he writing off his international career. Well, listening to him speak, if he absolutely wasn't. Um, and to go and live that lifestyle, to go and have that life experience, uh, as you're saying, you would jump at the chance Rob, yeah, to, to get over there. But just to, to meet different people, to live in a different city, um, getting to speak to people with different cultures, and, and I just think it's so refreshing. Um, I would like to see him at some point getting back into the, the national team because I think he's had one of those careers where it has been so up and down. And he's got the X factor about him as well, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, and let's not forget he had a, you know, three or four brilliant seasons in Scottish football that got him that move to Celtic like you spoke about. Um, and I think that he's a, you know, a real super talented individual. Apologies for the uh, problems there on the phone line. That is pretty annoying when you're listening to it. Um, but it was good to hear from him anyway. Gary Mackay, Stephen, enjoying life at New York City. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. That's Ali Defoy and you're with the Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean here and Scotland midfielder Leanne Crichton is with us as well. Before the break, we heard from Gary Mackay Stephen in New York. What a life he has got. No hint of jealousy at all <laughs> from me. Uh, Leanne, the last time uh, we spoke, I think, was uh, prior to... Uh, you're dreading talking about this, I know, but we must. Um, the Champions League game uh, against Wolfsburg in, in San Sebastian. Um, we did how are you can you see me edging under the desk <laughs> <laughs> come back very kindly yeah. took the time yeah. to talk to how, us on the team bus yeah, yes yeah. How, how painful uh, 
it was a tough night. Um, there's no denying that. But actually, I mean, the, the scoreline makes it sound horrendous. Uh, and if you know, clearly, if I was looking at a scoreline like that, you would be thinking the worst. Um, for us as a team, we had realistic expectations of what that night was was going to be like. Um, there's no denying that Wolfsburg are, you know, one of the best teams in Europe. They're filled with, you know, world class stars. But for us as a team, it, it, we actually took a lot from it in the, in the sense that it was an opportunity for us to get new players into the side. It was one of the first games that we've, we've all been able to play together. Even in the two friendly matches, we'd never played with that starting 11. Um, so those things were nice. It was a good experience for some younger players that travelled with the squad. Um, the whole experience was different just because of all the things that's going on in and around the, the game and with testing. Um, but what an experience, you know, to come back and, and even when I spoke to you guys that night on air, I was pretty relaxed and chilled out about the experience because when you get to my age, you really cannot take these things for granted. And, and for me, that was what I was trying to encourage other players to feel, even when the scoreline got to a point where it feels embarrassing when you're on the park, but there's nothing to be embarrassed about getting to the last eight of the Champions League, especially on the, the budget um, that our club has got. And to go and compete at that level, it, it really is on a different level. I mean, they're Champions League veterans, aren't they? Uh, and you were struggling to get a game, a warm-up match to go into, and as you say, throwing together a, a whole new team. Um, I mean, it was going to be damage limitation right from the start, wasn't it? It was, but you can always dream in football. And, and luckily for us, that's what we're kind of humble enough to, to know that we were most likely going to be in the receiving end of a heavy defeat. But we also could dream the night before and the day of the match where you prepared the, the exact same way you would for any other game. Um, you never know how the opposition's going to shape up or if they're going to have a, a really off night, um, which clearly never happened. But um, You can always hope for it. You can, you can. But I, I just think you you do need to you know take as much from these experiences as you can and, and I'm hoping for us it, it's put us in a good place moving forward you know looking towards the new season that will kick off in October um we've had a couple of weeks time off now where, where players have got a chance to relax some you know players will go and catch up with family that that live a bit further away um but even that's a bit strange just because of the the quarantine rules you know there's a lot of places that, that people can't get to and uh, that's just part and parcel of being a, a footballer that plays abroad I guess and you were saying that one of the Wolfsburg players got has got just got a big money move to Chelsea so again it helps to put it in perspective really what you were up against yeah no exactly and I, I think um, Perneal Harder that night she scored four and she's for a number of years now been one of the, the best players um, in the world she's the Danish captain uh, and I think it's it's exciting now that, that she's actually come to Britain to play her football it's, those are the types of signings that we're crying out for because even in the coverage of the women's game for me I want to see these players on a week to week basis I don't want to have to search for hours online to find highlights of games albeit she's at Wolfsburg and it's a top club and you know they've got a lot of coverage but I just mean in a highlight show you know when the women's football show is back on a weekend to be able to see these players up close you know for players to speak about them and relate to them and be teammates of them I think is exactly what, what we're needing and you know credit to her for that move and I'm sure Chelsea are pretty humbled that she chose them as a club as well you were talking about all the protocols um, that exist at the moment, which make well, make, which make everything really difficult, including um, playing football. And of course, uh, it's effect, it potentially affects Scotland as well. Hopefully not in that game Monday night. Um, 
in in the Czech Republic. What, what's what's the latest, Ali, uh, on Czech Republic against Scotland Monday with uh, the COVID question mark hanging over? Yeah, so basically the entire Czech Republic team have had to retest their squad for the coronavirus after a member of the backroom team returned a positive test. So the unnamed official has left the group to self-isolate. So with their departure um, from Friday's opener with Slovakia, that's now delayed until Thursday. There's been no other cases of the virus that have been discovered. Um, And of course, the Czechs host Scotland um, at the Olomouc. Easy for on you Monday? to say. Is that how yeah. you pronounce it? Well, it's definitely in the Czech Republic. I know that well, much. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have just said Andrew Stadion. Exactly. I'll say that instead. Exactly. So the Football Association of the Czech Republic confirmed that the case via a statement saying it's positively tested person immediately left the team hotel and has entered quarantine. So at the same time, the players and the implementation team were rested in communication with the relevant hygiene station. Um, all tests are all test results are negative currently so I think they're basically self-isolating for a wee bit and we'll find out more near the time <laughs> Just say it and sound as if you mean it and we've been doing that for years <laughs> and getting away with it to be perfectly honest but here's what Stevie Clark said today on that very subject You've got to have a little bit of empathy for the Czech Republic because it could happen to any international squad around the world at any time so hopefully everyone who's involved in it is, is fine and, and safe and comes out healthy and after the Israel game we'll have a look and we'll see what the how the authorities deal with it yeah, well, let's hope that uh, there are no implications for that game on Monday. But uh, that's that's the world we're living in at the moment, that nothing is certain until it actually happens. You're right, Rob. Honestly, when we were over in Spain for the Champions League, we were tested the day before the match. So we had to be in Spain at a certain point to be tested in order for there to be enough time for the test to return. Um, and in the morning of the match, I was kind of just wandering through uh, the hotel with a mask on and everything because, you know so strict over there just now and our doctor was was sat at the reception having a total meltdown because our results hadn't been uploaded to the database yet and they were supposed to be through so there's You're relying there's, on technology there's so as well. much uh, there's so much uncertainty going on and all it takes is is even for a false you know positive to come through to completely upset the apple cart and everything's back to square one again um so i think as steve clark says there empathy is the word that we all have for each other just now it's not that it's not a case of, of, you know, ha-ha, look what's happened to them because you don't want to tempt fate and before you know it, you're you're in the receiving end of that. Yeah, let's just hope football can keep on moving. There's uh, there's some news uh, today breaking that Brazil's players uh, in women's football are going to get equal pay with men. That sounds uh, like a move in the right direction. It does, Rob. Um, I was woke up this morning and doing the usual thing that everybody does, scrolling through social media, checking out what the latest news was. Um, and I seen that one popping up and, and I seen the response that it got. Lots of positive responses, I think, because it's exactly where the women's game needs to get to. And I think in terms of a football capacity, when you think of Brazil, you think football, um, because they have been so good um, and dominated you know, the world stage for so long. So I think if that's the level that we're at, and that's a level where that you know equality is is being laid out. I think a lot of nations need to to follow suit and, and do exactly the same. And I, I certainly think at international level, there's no excuse for there not to be equality across the board. You hear lots of conflicting arguments about equal pay, which is a completely different topic altogether. Um, but I think when you speak about a federation and you speak about being as one, 
uh, the men and the women fall under the same umbrella. So it's exactly the way it should be. And I think it's a huge statement um, from Brazil. Yeah, as you say, it's almost the, the unofficial capital of football, isn't it? When yeah. you think about it, when you think of the level of fanaticism that there is for football in Brazil. So uh, if that country thinks that, that equal pay is the way to go, then you would imagine that others will follow. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they have got some, you know, world superstars in their women's side um, they're not one of the best nations in women's football across the rankings they're up there but they're certainly not the best um, but for me we played them I think back in, in 2018 maybe um, at a friendly tournament and I was in awe because see when you see the yellow strip <laughs> with the blue shorts you, yeah. you, that is football to me Look, going, back, iconic, to, going yeah. back to your thoughts about the World Cup in 1998 that was Brazil that's what it meant to be on that world stage that's who you're sharing that pitch with um, so no incredible great statement from them I think it's exactly where the women's game needs to get to um, and as I you know, hope more nations follow with that just a shame there's a, a lot of negativity about it as well and I see that I also on social it's media it's uneducated which I, isn't it people who are not yeah. really fully understanding what the the point is and, and jumping automatically I think no that that is it and I, I think what people need to understand is that when you speak about equality it's about equal opportunities um, and before people criticise the women's game or where they think it should be or what their views are on it now what I always ask is give us everything that's the same and then judge us based on it not being good enough um, but it's like anything like women's football is different. It's a different sport. It looks different to what you know. Yes, we're playing football, but it's it's played in a different manner. There's a different vibe around it. The fans are different. They react differently. The players are different. Um, I find it quite a family atmosphere when I watched it at St Mirren Park. The only way I can describe I it is it. different. Like, I love all sports. I, I love watching men's football. I enjoy watching women's football. I enjoy playing it. Clearly. Um, also love a whole number of other sports and there's also some sports that I don't like <laughs> and what I would say is if you don't like women's football just don't watch it like we, we genuinely wouldn't be that offended but what offends me and I think what offends other people is when you see so much negativity around it because this is what equality is, is not just in football that's across the board that should be a given mm. and, and there are a lot of people who think that equality and equal pay the same e- thing and, and, and the same thing <laughs> yeah. uh, not, not that that gets you going or anything not, it winds me up honestly and that's the amount of kind of messages on Twitter that you see are people that direct stuff towards you and I know social media is one thing right? and I don't actually spend too much time on it although I'm sounding tonight like I'm totally <laughs> obsessed by it um, but I just think as you said Alex uneducated comments uh, that's what gets me going because I think a lot of people that th- have throw away remarks or generate that level of negativity they don't even follow the sport they don't actually care what the outcome is but they're quite happy to jump in a bandwagon that causes divide and, and causes that kind of animosity and for me I just think we should be taking the positive vibes from it and that is that Brazil have come out with a statement I think it's fantastic Yep. Tell us where we are at the moment and where we're going with the we've, we've had that Champions League game which was so tough because you weren't effectively you weren't ready for it really yep. against uh, top quality opposition like that but we're obviously we know by now that the, the Scotland qualifiers against uh, Cyprus and Portugal have been postponed they were due to take place this month uh, they're now going to take place in February the October games will go ahead what, what about the club game though? Um, for now most of the clubs are back training as I said earlier, we've got a couple of weeks off just because we were in that in-between stage where we had to have that kind of seven, eight weeks training before the Wolfsburg match. Then to go back into pre-season again almost for the, the season kicking off in October. So it's more just about managing our bodies and, and allowing a bit of rest for us. So I think we start back next Thursday 
Um, and then that will be the build up to the season kicking off. I think it's around about the, the 17th of October or, or thereabouts. Um, yeah. But you just hope, again, it's talking about that uncertainty earlier, with it, you've kind of still got in the back of your minds, will it happen? And as much as we'll prepare for it to kick off, you know, there's there's wee niggles that are, are going on. And I think even in well, terms even of the lo- local lockdowns local, at the moment yeah. here that just were two days ago. And I think even when we start to get fans back into the games, that might give us a better idea of, of how things are, are going to go moving forward. So with those dates set in this, you know, this month, um, September, it will give us a better idea. But no, we just need to, we're back training, we'll, we'll build the game up and disappointing that the September games were, were cancelled. They were a bit touch and go. We thought they were going to go ahead, but it had to take for both nations to agree. Um, and a lot of nations, surprisingly, are keen on pushing the games forward in September if they think they'll get an advantage. And Anyway, our games are off, thankfully, and we look forward <laughs> to the October dates, which I think is more realistic in, in terms of being physically ready for them. Yeah, it's uh, the end of October as well, so it's the 23rd. Yeah, so you've then got we'll have a couple time. of club matches before that as well, which will, will get minutes under the belt, which against Wolfsburg, that was the most difficult thing. What it did tell me is that it 33 years old, you cannot spend four months running in pavements and then get back into play. <laughs> <laughs> back into playing a level at that at that intensity. Um, although I did give him my best shot. Another plus uh, for Scotland recently was Aaron Cuthbert scoring for Chelsea in the Community Shield final. That was just at the weekend, uh, a late goal for her, and then her after-match interview, which was almost as good as the goal. I know you could, you actually could put Aaron Cuthbert <laughs> and Andy Murray's celebrations uh, quite side by side. They were. Um, very similar, but I think I was surprised actually that Erin hadn't started. But when I spoke to her after the game, she had explained that she's got a bit of an injury that she had just come back from and stuff, which I think you could see that uh, in her celebration, how happy she was to actually just get on the pitch. But she's honestly super talented. Um, I think when we're speaking about Perneo Harder from Denmark and other players across the world just now, Erin has got to be up there with, with some of the best in Europe and definitely um, in world football. And I think... What she's got is just that she's just a, you know, she's Scottish. You're she's really down she's to Scottish air. at heart. She's so <laughs> down to earth. Like she honestly on camp, she just has us in, in stitches all the time because she has just, she's so chilled out, but she's so funny, but she's so talented. But you just don't expect a lot of the things that, that she does at times. So she's forever surprising us. Um, but what I like the most is how humble and chilled out she is down in England. And, and even listening to her speaking um, post match after their game at the weekend. She speaks so well, um, she's so educated and she works so hard away from the pitch as well. She's had a couple of niggling injuries over the last um, couple of years and I just hope that, that that doesn't continue when you look at players like Gary McKay-Stevens as well because it can certainly you know, put a stop to, to parts of your career but just now she's flying. And, um, Do you I'm think she so realises how good she is? What she's got, I always think there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance mm. um, and I would be the first to admit and, and Erin wouldn't mind me saying it that when I think when she was younger a number of years ago she, she could have been perceived as being arrogant but I actually think it was just that she had so much confidence in her own ability um, and because she's she's like a pocket rocket she's so small um, and that's why she blows you away at times because she's she's so so good um, but she's got great back and she's got a great family behind her. Um, we keep her very grounded at the national team. It would only take, you know, a, a couple of comments or for her to go one way before we would be, you know, raining her, her back in and back down the earth, which I think in Scotland we're, we're quite quick and, and very good at doing. But no, she's she's a fantastic talent and great to see her getting on the score sheet. And Chelsea, a good place for her to be in terms of getting to where she wants to go? Absolutely. I think uh, Emma Hayes has, has been superb for her. I think she's been really upfront and honest with her. 
and she recently signed, a, I think, a new contract extension um, that will keep her there until 2023-24 maybe. And I think she needs to remember she is so young. And what can be alarming, I, I think, when you're a young player is that they're signing top-class players all the time. And that can be unnerving. Um, where you think, oh God, my place is is at risk. Or, but I think Emma Hayes has done a really good job wearing where she's reassured that, that she will be part of the squad and she is part of their future plans. And see, to be honest, she does her talking on the pitch. Any time that she doesn't start, she normally comes on and makes a statement with a goal. She takes her opportunity um, and she works so hard away from the pitch that she's just a great player to have in and around any team. Um, I can only imagine what the dynamics of that Chelsea dressing room <laughs> must be with, with the superstars that, that is going on there. It's 5.43, it's Glasgow Zone, Go Radio, the football show, 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio football show. Well, I guess it's the travel connection now because we're going to speak to a very well-travelled footballer and a coach as he is now. He's been around a fair few clubs, former Rangers defender, Morris Ross. Hi, Morris. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. I'm going to go through your clubs and you can press your buzzer if I get one wrong on the way through. <laughs> Rangers, Sheffield Wednesday, Wolves, Millwall, Viking, um, Aberdeen's opponents shortly in Europe. A team that I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce in Turkey. Uh, <laughs> then Aberdeen, so you've played for both those sides in that upcoming Europa League match. Uh, you were in Beijing, Motherwell. Beijing to Motherwell, there's an interesting cultural swap. Uh, Motherwell, Livingston, Vidar. And that's just the teams you, you played for because you coached, you've coached at a few different locations as well. Uh, you should be about 73, but I know you're not. <laughs> no, no, I'll look at that. <laughs> <laughs> but and now you're at Motherwell, and is it is it reserve team coach? Is that your is that your title? That was my my original position, right? Um, and, and then last year, the managers moved me up to to be up there with, with him and Lars. Um, it's kind of environment I, I do prefer. Um, well, I, I did enjoy my time with, with the young lads and whatnot, but. I like to be quizzed. I like to be kind of under a wee bit of pressure with first team players. You know, you know what first team players are like. They they doubt you. They, they quiz you, and that kind of gives me that adrenaline rush that that I don't get from playing football anymore. So that's that's the environment I do prefer. And you'll you'll be probably as surprised as we all are that Motherwell are currently bottom of the league with it with a squad you've got even minus David Turnbull. Yeah, listen, we've got a decent squad. Um, is, is it stronger than last year? I think the results tell you that it's not. Um, but the, as a coaching staff, we, we, we're not pushing the panic button whatsoever. Because before the Celtic game, you know, we had the most possession out of the, the old firm. We've had the most shots outside the old firm. So when when you've got so much possession and you're getting your shots off, it's just about the execution of the finish that's maybe lacking. Um, so we are we've tweaked our system slightly. Um, to give us a plan B, um, so it's, it's we, we're in full control of our situation. We feel, and I think the litmus test is when you go in every day. You know, when you when you when you feel the energy on the training pitch, the the desire that the manager shows on a daily basis. Nothing's changed. Um, it's just that last year we felt at this stage it was posting in rather than posting out. You know, we've, we've had penalties against us. We've had sendings off. So it's no black and white. It's quite circumstantial why we're there. Um, we've lost a few games, one zero, and, and we never really get to, we never really get questioned against Celtic or Rangers. You know that's not who we are competing against. We are competing against your Aberdeen, your Hibs, 
And thus far, we played Hibs, you know, and we, we fared very well against Hibs, and we felt unlucky that we never won the game you know, with that disallowed goal. So there's, there's been very many circumstances that, that, have, that have led to us not really getting what we feel we've deserved thus so far. Morris, it's Leanne Crichton here. How are you Hi, doing? Hi, Leanne. I'm just wondering, I'm just listening to you there speaking about some of the, the stats and stuff. Is that stuff I've listened to you speak before in, in other um, like podcasts and, and things like that, and you always sound. Like you know your stuff, whether you're just winging it or no, I'm I'm not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> but is that some? I know wing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but th- in terms of the stats, is do you use a lot of that with players to, even in this moment at Motherwell, to reassure them that they are going in the right direction? It's perhaps just been that kind of final one percent that they're off of it just now. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, players as confident as they may appear. You know, they listen to their friends. They listen to their, to these shows. They listen to people doubting them. Um, so you're right. That's the right word. It's just to reassure them, saying, "Look, this is no disaster." Because when we watch the games back, now we sit in we sit in meetings, and we say, oh, "Should we change this?" Because obviously that that these questions come, and they're like, "Well, what do we change?" And we cannot come up with the answer. So. When, when when you've got a strategy and you've got a style of play that you believe in, whether you hit the post and it goes in or whether it hits the post and goes out, that we're still coming to chances. We're still uh, retaining ball possession. So it's about tweaking smaller things, maybe being a bit more pragmatic in terms of getting numbers between the goal posts. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we look to tangibles at Motherwell. We're, we're very focused on tangibles. Um, you know, I, I hear some coaches coaching and it's, be stronger, you know, jump higher, run faster. It's like... <laughs> State in the obvious. Detail. Yeah, it's no detail for me. And, and we're, we're very detail-orientated at Motherwell and, and with the players we have and the amount of energy givers we have in the squad, we, we're, we're no stressed at all about this. How do you think, Morris, young players respond to that nowadays? Because I think the the stats and the detail that we get and the attention to detail for, for games and stuff is, is spot on. There's really no excuses, I don't think, come a weekend when you look at analysing an opponent. But certainly when, when I would have grown up as a young player, you would have been the same. There, there wasn't that level of scrutiny or, or detail there. Do you think the players respond well to that now? The thing is, Leanne, even though they get every detail, there's still excuses. <laughs> it's just the culture we're living in. So... Yeah. What we try to do is, can we sleep at night? Did we go over every detail? Yeah. Then we can sleep at night. Did we play the way we asked? Yes. Did we get beat 1-0? Yeah, because they put a great ball in the box and scored the header. That's football. So last year we had that wee bit of a game and it was us that was doing that. Um, you know, you, mm-hmm. And another thing that we, we need to consider as well, we've lost eight players since that last season we finished third. Yeah. Now that's, James Scott went for the best part of a million pounds. David Turnbull's three million. You know, this is the the business model that Motherwell have, but with that, it gives you a kind of it's an up and down, it's a roller coaster because as soon as you get David Turnbull pickpocketed from your squad, of course it's going to suffer. Mm-hmm. So what we then say as a club is that's our business model. But we've got to have the, the the rough with the smooth. The last year was smooth. We've lost two great players. You know, we've lost Mark Gillespie to Newcastle, who's just signed a life changing amount of money. Nobody's talking about Mark Gillespie going to. To um to Newcastle, it's a phenomenal move, but that's the club we are. See, but, see on that, Morris. But, sorry to interrupt you, but you, no, you, no, could, you, you could clearly, I, I think, you now the way people have responded, or oh, Motherwell they finished third, their bottom just now. I think in Scotland we're quite quick to hit the panic button and really doubt teams. But as you're saying, you've lost key players. How do you keep that 
almost confidence in the squad though to keep moving forward for you that's realistic that you've lost Gillespie you've lost Scott you've lost Turnbull that's just the model uh, that you operate with but is the confidence still there in the squad that you've got players just now what's the youth set up looking like is a player ready to come through that, that can fill these guys places um, I think we've got enough first team established players that I mean, if you look at Motherwell's midfield, I don't think there's a better midfield outside of Celtic and Rangers. Mm, yeah. I really don't. And even even without Turnbull? Yes. I, yeah. d- I actually believe it. We've got Liam Donnelly who's injured. There's another circumstance that went against us. Liam Donnelly's a championship English player. Yeah. Easily. You've got Alan Campbell, who's there's always clubs uh, sniffing around Alan Campbell, mm-hmm. who never gets mentioned because he's a nice, you know, working class lad, n- no flash or anything, never gets mentioned. Marco Harris, for me, is another championship midfielder. And we have Liam Polworth, who had 19 assists, 17 assists last year. Uh, his stats were unreal, to be fair, Morris, last yeah. year. And, and I was even surprised that he was on the bench. But it just shows you, you see, the, the strength of that midfield. Yeah, but he was only on the bench because David Turnbull was playing. And mm-hmm. you know, and we, we know that Celtic are sniffing. And, and that, that deal going through gives us a lifeline in, in COVID times when there's no income coming into the club. That keeps your club running for two years. Remember, we've only got a budget of 1.4 billion. Mm-hmm. A year, so that that money is, is, is perfect. Perfect timing. And um, yes, the fans want to hold on to David Tumble, but us as a club, we're a very ethical club. You know, yes, we want to get money for the players that are, that are, and the value that they're worth. But we also know you're paying players a thousand pound a week, and you can go and get eighteen thousand pound a week, twenty thousand pound a week. We're not going to stand in a way. We've got to say, on you go, son. Thanks for your time. And then we go and find the new David Tumble. No, no, listen, David Tumbles don't grow in trees. Tell you that. <laughs> um, I'll bet you wish you did. I've got a mental image of quite a lot of David David Tumbles hanging from a tree. But no, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I said, but we've we've got Alan Campbell, we've got Liam Polworth, we've got a young Barry Maguire who's a Scottish international at twenty ones level. Um, so listen, we, we we're in good shape. Um, we are we're very dedicated to our, to our craft um, and, and the staff. And we've got a dressing room full of energy givers. So I've been in dressing rooms when they've chucked it. I've been in dressing rooms when there's poison and that. This is far from it. Um, the managers, even though we're bottom of the league, they still managed to keep harmony. And I think it's one of the great things that he brings to the football club is harmony. There's Yeah, we have ding-dongs in the training. That's part of being a professional footballer and that's part of being a winner. So, But for day-to-day, you know, we're, we're doing all we can to to tweak and I'm saying tweak we have a big focus on the word tweak because there's no much wrong mm-hmm. As you say Morris there's only six we're only six games in so bottom of the league doesn't really mean too much at the minute I don't think Bottom of the league you're two wins you're in the top six so this is how we're looking at it so For sure You either, you either believe in yourself as a, as a club you either believe in yourself as a staff you believe in yourself as an individual What we believe in what we're doing is right because you know what see the same format it worked last year and we finished third and we were receiving all the plaudits. So, do you rip it up because you've lost three games, won nothing? Certainly not. Morris, you've played in a variety of countries. In fact, Rob listed quite quite a few, if not all of them, Norway, Asia, Turkey. And I was wondering what, if any, elements of the games and the, the playing over there you've brought into your coaching in the Scottish game? Do you know what, Leanne? It's Ali, but it's all good. Sorry, I should have told you who it was. <laughs> it's my fault. Oh, so, sorry, sorry. No, you're fine. Sorry, Morris. It's my fault. I don't ask questions as good as that, Morris. <laughs> <laughs> and it definitely um, wasn't me. <laughs> it, it may sound strange, but it's actually when when I've been to China, I've been to Turkey, and Viking Savannah. It's actually about recognising what not to do. Really? When I went to China, I thought, oh, this is this is going to be torture. This is going to be torture. 
But I must admit, the, the, the grounding that I've had um, with, the, with the Jan Bouters, the, the, the Cabocats, that's been my biggest my biggest thing. Um, and that's where I'm obviously grateful for Rangers to that point of view. Um, the, the Dutch way of doing it, the players that we had at the time. And then moving into management at a lower level and making my mistakes there. Um, taking taking kind of raw material or, or, or raw belief and then seeing what works for the level of player you've got. So I talk about diluting much of what I learned in the days to the level of players you're dealing with. And that's where I think the trick is. Everybody wants to play like the best and rotations and all this stuff in the midfield and whatnot. But do the players get it? And if they don't get it, then it's your coach's ability as a coach and having your emotional intelligence switched on to see, do they actually understand what we're saying here? So that's what I think the biggest progress for me as a coach has been going away to the Faroe Islands and people say, what are you doing in the Faroe Islands? Well, I'm learning my trade. So when I do come to the Scottish Premier League, I'm paused. I'm no, I'm no finished article, but you know, I'm, it's one of the ones where I'm, 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 I can, I'm capable of coaching at this level now. So I think that's been my biggest thing, going away, learning your craft, honing your skills and yeah, get to do it on a daily basis at Scottish Premier League level. Absolutely, Morris. Sally again, sorry. I just noticed Hi. this on the Motherwell website and I, I just thought we'd get clarified by yourself. You signed your first contract at 12, but it was illegal. Is that right? Um, and listen, we're, we're talking about times when... You signed in pencil. You, <laughs> managers can shout at you, they can grab you, they can throw you out of the dressing room. S forms were signed in pencil, and that was basically what I did. Was I that done to United form. more? Yeah, yeah. That that was in the day when all that was going on. You know, it's it's not accepted anymore, rightly so. But my mother and, and my, my mother's partner at the time um, were there. They signed it in pencil, and then a year later, Rangers phoned me up, and then that was it. I was never signing that contract, so that was kind of how it worked. <laughs> you only it wasn't illegal per se because it wasn't uh, written in pen. No, just fun. <laughs> well, Morris, fun. You, you better make sure if you find the next David Turnbull at Motherwell, you get him to put it in pen, will you? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Morris, it's been great listening to you. Um, and we must catch up some other time as well. Fascinating to hear you talking football and um, good luck for the rest of the season. Good luck post-international Thanks break. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Morris. See you later. Morris Ross and Motherwell on the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. That's us an hour down already. Football chat, uh, five till seven, Monday to Friday on the Go Radio Football Show. Some good chat earlier on from New York. Uh, Gary Mackay, Stephen was with us. And uh, just before the news at six, it was Morris Ross. Uh, some really interesting football thoughts from him. And I think the general message about Motherwell was, don't panic, still about 30-odd games to go. We're in the international break, of course. Scotland-Israel tomorrow night. And uh, next up on our VIP guest list is uh, Mr. Ian Durant. Ian, how are you? Ralph, how are you, son? Ve- oh, very well, thank you. Yeah, good to hear from you. Former Rangers midfielder, Rangers legend. Uh, what about your old team? How do you reckon they're doing going into the break, top of the pile? They're doing great. Uh, they wee slip up at Livingston, but obviously they've clean sheets, they're scoring goals. Uh, they're doing well, and, and well, they'll, they'll be home long may continue. So a really good defensive uh, showing so far. Uh, maybe, maybe still some question marks up front about how good the, the two new arrivals, Eton and uh, Kimar Roof, are going to be and, and how much longer Alfredo Morelos is going to be staying. Well, that, that, that's the big, the, the big issue. Is if, if Alfredo moves on and the two boys have come in, obviously, I think, get an injury and, and Roof's now 
uh, find his fitness. But again, they'll, they'll, they'll take time and they'll, they'll get a level of fitness in the next week or so an international break. But a lot will depend on what Alfredo Morelos does in terms of if he does go and then if Rangers can go and reinforce and bring in other players. But again, it's just it's interesting. But the roof and it now they've come in and they've, they've done okay. And uh, but I said that they're a wee bit behind in terms of fitness. So they, this will be a great catch up for them in a couple of weeks. Do you think the two of them would replace the goals of Morelos? Well, you'd like to think so. Now, Roof's, uh, now I don't know too much about it, Rob, but uh, Roof's got a proven uh, record in terms of scoring goals. So, again, he, he, he'll go and show. But I think now, if Rangers are going to get the level of money they're speaking about for Morelis, I'm sure now there'll be other acquisitions in terms of players coming into the squad. Would you like to see Morelos sorted and out of the way? Because if it does drag, and it could drag, of course, because this transfer window goes on forever, um, that would be a major distraction, wouldn't it, if we kept on talking about Morelos and Willy Wonty? I think, I think it is. I think it's becoming a bit... You, in an ideal world, you'd love now, you'd love him to stay because you need your best players now to challenge Celtic. In, a, in an ideal world, you'd love Morelos to stay, but I think the money they're talking about is a no-brainer for Rangers. But again... I think they, they want it done and dusted as soon as they can so they can now have a, a, an objective of getting players in and, uh, or, or recruiting players in the time now with the money they're going to get from Morelos. Ian, it's Leanne Crichton here. How are you doing? Hiya. How are you, pal? All right? Aye, oh, good, thank you. I'm, I'm just wondering, as a, a playmaker and a midfielder like, like you were in your career, are you looking at that? <laughs> <laughs> sending the compliments first. It's a negative sandwich that's coming your way in a minute. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm used to that. I've had it for years, pal. Don't uh, worry. No, I'm joking. In the squad now, can, is there any areas of, of weakness in that Rangers side that, that you see? For me, I think they're, they're probably one short in midfield they could be doing with somebody that can unlock defences a bit more because I, I don't think Hadji's is, is quite hit the mark yet. But is there anybody that, that you think could fit in there or, or any areas of the team that you would strengthen? He finished the season in Firely and, and, uh, now, and you, you've got to really realise now he's only a kid. Yep. Uh, Joe Regals started the season really well, uh, and albeit injured. For me personally, I, I'd love to see a goal scoring midfielder. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if somebody's coming in with like ten plus, maybe fifteen goals a year for midfield, I think that's what Rangers will be looking at. They, they'll need a box to box player who can now do things and obviously get on the end of stuff. Now, I don't see uh, the way now Mr. Gerard plays the game. He, he always likes two cells. I would just love a, a, a more expansive player who could get you goals and just uh, now help out the front line because now when you're scoring goals from midfield now obviously yourself being a midfielder now it, it adds it, 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 it takes a lot of pressure off the front men and I think now when you get a player like that now that's, that's what Rangers are missing for me is, is a goal scoring midfielder was, was, was Turnbull Ian to Celtic and nailed on was that, was that immovable or, or would you have could could Rangers have got him? Would you like to have seen Rangers get Turnbull? Is that the sort of player you're talking about potentially? Of course, but you always like to see that he's he's done great. He's, he had his injury problem drop over the season, and he's come back stronger. And he he was a big part. Now Celtic have now spelt now splashed the money on him. He would be a great acquisition for Rangers. Now a goal scoring midfielder. I think, as I said to Lanny, I think that's just a missing link. I think in terms of midfield, Rangers have got an abundance of great football players. In the middle of the park, Jack Davis, now Arebo, Hadji and Kent now floating about, but they don't see it now. I don't see a 10, 15 plus goal scorer in that midfield. Do you think, Ian, that's to do with the way Rangers play at times as well? Because I think they do have quality in that squad, even touching on Arebo there. I see him as a player that, that could possibly get you that, but when Rangers have those two sitters in, in the middle of the park, I think a lot of the time. 
are perhaps missing opportunities. It's too safe. You know, they have loads of possession. I looked at stats for games the other week and I don't think there was one player in the starting eleven that had a pass completion rate of less than 83%, which yeah. is brilliant stats. But for me, I know as a midfielder, you know as well, a lot of the time it's easy to keep the ball against teams that are going to sit in. But are Rangers missing the opportunity at times to, to get through teams and penetrate a bit more? Well, the see possession, everything, Leon, you, what you're talking about now, the, the stats are, there's got to be an end product. Yeah. And the end of the product now, it's got, it's got to be goals. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you hear the manager, the manager's spot on now, I'll be ruthless enough. So he's questioning the players. Now, they've, they've got all this possession, and uh, at, at times they are a bit toothless, but they've just got to now realise now, when, when they're on top, I mean, you're creating these opportunities, you've just got to score goals, and somebody that... Now, now and again, it's just got to have a pop out of nothing or a shot or something now, just something different. But I think at the present moment, the squad he's got just now, Rangers, is a great squad, but they're, they're missing that be better a match you can get from midfield. And I, I see now, but they, they players cost you a lot of money, as do the centre-forwards who score the goals. Now, he's, he's clean sheets, which are great just now, but they're, they're just missing it. They're winning games 2-0 comfortably, but if you had that added bonus... Of, of, of goal scorers from midfield and forwards mm-hmm. I think you'd maybe talk a few games you've been in four or five Would you like to see him change it up Stephen Gerrard a bit more Ian in games where you don't you know well looking in from the outside you would say you don't really need two sitting midfielders you, you could you know you could go be much more attack emphasised in the midfield I think his favourite that's his favourite formation but it, it, it depends on where you're playing who you're playing games wise but they're, now they're, they're not Devoid are now uh, attacking options when they play. Now you've got Haji Kent and uh, Arebo playing, and, and you have the lone striker. There is a lot of talk about playing two up front, but that, that, that's his favourite formation, and uh, it's working just now. Yes, of course they can score more goals, but again, now you're finding people coming in like Etten and Roof. They've just come in there finding their feet. So maybe over the over the course of the season, horses for courses, they call it. They maybe change and go two up front. You. You were part of a nine-in-a-row Rangers team, Ian, so you can speak about what the, the pressures that are brought to bear um, during the course of a run like that, uh, where you know, you, you've know you reached that level, but you have to keep it going. Of course you do. Now, that, that, that's the, the big factor. Can now they go on and do it, or can somebody go and stop them doing it? Uh, obviously Celtic, and uh, that's the big thing. But that, that's, that's the greatness of football now. There's always something you, you try to pursue, and there's always something you try to better. And uh, Rangers will be looking to go and build on it and try and stop Celtic. Celtic obviously have their, their, their way about it, but they go and try and now break the record. And it, it makes just now for a great season. And let's hope it now it, it goes now. Let's hope now we get back to normality. We can go and play football now, uh, unrestricted football. And hopefully we can go and play and see how the season fathoms out. Ian, the way it's been just now with without the fans, going back to that nine in a row, um, your experiences with the fans, do you think that the Rangers side just now are, are, are coping better without the, the added pressure of performing for 50,000 week in, week out? Of course, you'll, you'll have that. That's, that's the thing until now. We'll never know that until we go back. But there was very time when we were now at John and I and we were playing games and the, the fans did pull us through games. Mm-hmm. Now that added back, and you know, you know what it's like now. There's no greater place now. Obviously, you're playing at Ibrox in front of 50,000, you're playing at Parkhead, and now 60,000, you go to Hamden, full houses. And, but that, that's the thing now, these things. But just now, it's, it's, it'd be hard on the players because they'll be wanting now. And again, now, when you're getting new additions to the club, now, they'll, they'll be wanting to play in front of 50,000 or whatever now to show what they can do. And I, I just feel now. It's hard on the players, but it's even harder on the now, supporters. Now, they've, 
they're splashed out money for season books, and all all they can do is watch TV now on the football on TV. Yeah, no, absolutely. St- Stephen Gerrard is obviously a hugely inspiring figure. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, he's just one of these guys. He's, you could listen to him all day long when he's talking about football. What, what about the managers you played under? What was it like to be in that dressing room with a with a Graham Souness or a Walter Smith? Inspirational. Now, I was forced off to play with. Um, now I've got great. I did now call them gaffers. Now Graham Souness now taught me a lot. Now he came in and. Still playing at the time and now quite ruthless at times, but he wanted one games. He was used to winning things. Walter took over the mantle and again they just carried the baton on and done a great job. But they were two inspirational managers now. They wanted now to win things and that's the main thing. When you're winning things, everything's hunky dory. Now you're, you're enjoying football, you're enjoying life, your lifestyle is good, and uh, they, they just wanted it the best for the, the club. And uh, I don't think now, I don't think Scottish football would be in a place just now if it wasn't for Graham Souness. He came in and transformed everything now major signings and then all the other teams started getting major signings in and uh, he, he transformed Scottish football we were in the doldrums before Graham Souness came now t- attendances were down everything was down then he transformed it and then now people come on and now they talk about now Kieran now Tierney going to Arsenal for 25 million people are starting to look at the Scottish game a lot better now Souness didn't always use your Christian name when he was referring to you, did you? I don't. I'm not expecting you to tell us the word he actually no, used. No. <laughs> <laughs> it began with a B. It was brilliant. But again, now, now, there was times I, I, I should have told him a wee bit better. But now he, he christened me. Now the, the word B and ended with a D. But that, that was just what it was. And uh, he's seen something of me which he didn't want me. He ruined, and uh, it was just—it was great for me. You know, just getting a, now for me growing up, getting a chance to play with a, a, a player like Graham Souness was now phenomenal for me. It's fair to say you probably would have had uh, one or two laughs at his expense as well. I would imagine along the way. Oh, uh, we had uh, we had a, we had a good wrestling. Now we had a laugh at the times when you could have a laugh, and and pretty serious. But oh, we did now. But again, now <laughs> there for uh, the times. But uh, he was great, as I said. Now he, he came in. And, when he's signing Woods Butcher now players at Trevor Francis now that Ray Wilkins now he was he was making sure Rangers were always ticking and and on the front foot and uh, he was great now hard at times but as we expect from a manager that that's why now there's a pressure with the old firm and uh, but he handled it and and uh, he, he he wasn't uh, slow in showing you now if you were he weren't doing the right things. Ian, I'm always uh, keen to look at you know where the game was. When I was a kid growing up, watching it as a fan and, you know, seeing the fiery characters and, and whatnot that was going on and, and the way the game's kind of evolved and developed to where it is now, what's the, the biggest things for you that you can see that's changed so much since when you played? I, 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 in my opinion, I don't, I don't think there's enough winners in the game, nearly and I think now they'll, they'll play away and, and, and maybe enjoy football. It was inbred in us now growing up at Rangers and I'm sure the same with now Celtic and, and the great Aberdeen teams that now under Sir Alex Ferguson now they they, they, they had winners and people now want to win games now all the time now, no matter what it costs now everything and I, I just think now there's, now just get back to better now let's now uh try to look at and there maybe just now. no as ruthless now and I think it's probably I, just I think, a, a different I think there's still a ruthless there, but I just don't think there's a great now winning mentality. I think people there's, there's an acceptance in terms of we'll lose a few games, okay, it's acceptable. And that that now when I was going out, that was out of the equation. That that never really that never come into now your 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 thought process. And, and I, I just thought now get back now 
now, I think a lot of the games are non-contact because you can't have a tackle. I remember under Graham Soonis, he signed Terry Butcher, Graham Roberts. Now, people like who came in and could win tackles, Terry Hurlock, now, Celtic had to follow suit as well. They, they, they had players that could now mix it. Now, you see a lot of non-contact games and, and it's, it's, it's a shame because they, they were special players and they brought a bit of atmosphere and a bit of now aggression to the game, which I certainly now I think uh, lacks a lot just now. Rob touched on managers like Walter Smith and, and Graham Sinnes. How do you, do you think dressing rooms would, would cope with them now if they were to step foot back? <laughs> <laughs> a few folk, re- few uh, folk retiring. Oh, I think oh, oh, I think that, oh, it was common knowledge. Now, if you're only doing a job and and, and they, they would come in and tell you now, it's, that's now now it's it's now it's in the papers before you now you're even at the dressing room. Now that's the way it is. But now we we were we were under successful managers and what happened in the dressing room stayed the dressing room if there was a 50 cough then that's what happened that, that's the way you deal with it a lot of the time now we, we had special players now I, I'm going about now Roberts uh, Jimmy Nicol Coyce uh, Butcher now they, 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 the manager didn't have to, have to say anything now they, 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 the players now Goffey now John Brown they, they, they managed the dressing room and sometimes the manager would just come in and go okay and they're sorted and that was, that was the main thing I'm just thinking about you and social media that wouldn't have gone well would it? That was the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that mobile phone. <laughs> Ian, it's Ali here. I was just thinking, you've obviously been coaching Rangers and then caretaker manager before Walter Smith was appointed um, and you're now a assistant manager at East Kilbride. Obviously, it's quite different, but how are you enjoying your time there? It's actually, it's our first night. We're starting back tonight and uh, I'm just on my way up to training. It's our first night back tonight. And then we've, we've got them in tomorrow and then we're training Saturday so we're looking forward to it again it's a, another another wee, uh, chapter in my life and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it I don't know how long it'll last but I'm just getting back in again and getting the tracks on getting the vocal cords working again <laughs> and it's great and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it again and negotiating all those roundabouts and East Kilbride <laughs> well exactly I know I honestly for where I'm at, I get through here before they get to training there. <laughs> <laughs> and working, working alongside Stephen Aitken of course you were together with him at Dumbarton as well Ian weren't you Oh no, that's, that's when I get a great hair for What they've done battle under him, uh, it was great, and he, he's just—he's so enthusiastic. And we've got his brother Chris in as well, so I was sort of the senior uh, member of the, the, the squad, and so they, they'll be doing a lot of stuff, and I'll be sort of overlooked, hopefully, and just getting an easy life and enjoying life now. I'm a retiro coming up. So. Aye, right. <laughs> no chance of that. <laughs> a quick word from you before you go about Scotland tomorrow night. How are you feeling about that? I look forward to it. Uh, again, I, the, 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 We'll be out where we are, but he's picked the best team available. And I'm sure now tomorrow, hopefully now we're going to pick, kick on. Now he's, we ended up there at the last game against Kazakhstan, I remember, that, and good results. So hopefully now we can go and now We're all dying, we're all just like everything else. We're just dying to do something and, and get exactly. somewhere. And exactly. hopefully now we can do it now. He seems to get a young, vibrant squad again. And uh, hopefully they can go and push on. And uh, Leanne will, will, will test me now there. They're, they're the last team to get there, so we need to put one over them. <laughs> uh, not, not that she's mentioned that at all, of course. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. You know, David, I'm honest, that BBC Scotland, you can't wait to get it. Uh, yeah. Well, you've got Ian, you know what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you've done it, you flaunt it, darling. You go there, that's it. You've got the, you've got the T-shirt to prove it. I'm, I'm going to get Leanne's team for tomorrow night a little bit later on the show. Barry Ferguson, who's a, a regular on the on this show as well, Ian, he's, he's going for, and I think Leanne is as well, for uh, Scott McTominay in the middle of a back three. How, how does that sound to you? Again, if, if, if that's the way he wants to go, but I'm, I'm sure now he's got the biggest dilemma having to now 
two, two of the Paula's best left yeah, backs in the world. Yeah, yeah. there, there, is, there is a bigger <laughs> dilemma than McTominay, isn't exactly, there? Exactly, and I think now, I think how, how do you fit him in the team? Because they're two of them are world class. Uh, Robertson's been an absolute dream, and, and, and Kieran has just found his feet again at Arsenal. And, and every time Artea speaks about him, he speaks highly of him again. But I think it's just it's a win. Just win tomorrow. Get, get the win, then you can go and build on something now. I think formations and, and the bits of the jigsaw, I'll tell you the manager, just hopefully now they can get it right tomorrow. Great to hear from you, Ian, and uh, give those g- give those East Kilbride players hell on the training ground. I'm sure oh, you are. Oh no, they're, they're going to run run the night for the, <laughs> the real wolves. They're going to back up again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ian. Brilliant to hear from you, Ian. Thank you. All the best. The Go Radio Football Show at six twenty-three. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. We're just about into the last half hour of the Go Radio Football Show. Time flies when you're talking football and we do it night after night as well. We're back tomorrow night uh, between five and seven. Uh, Cy Ferry is in the building. Uh, Paul Cooney will be with us as well for a Friday. We build up to that Scotland-Israel game, among other things. Your calls as well. 0808 17 uh, 17 700. But uh, just for the moment, it's Rob McLean, Ali Defoy. Not for a moment, for the whole show actually. Rob McLean, <laughs> Ali Defoy and uh, Leanne Crichton is with us, the Glasgow City and Scotland midfielder it's been good to have you with us as well good to hear from you and uh, we're going to speak a little bit we're going to speak international later Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Stevie Clark and we're going to hear from Andy Robertson as well but right now let's talk about the uh, title situation as it stands as we are in the midst of the international break we're hearing from Morris Ross earlier on he was saying uh, don't panic Motherwell are bottom of the Premiership but there are still 30 odd games to go but uh, let's look at the top of the table it's Rangers uh, leading at the moment and, and there is talk today and there's been quite a lot of uh, transfer talk surrounding Rangers over the last couple of weeks uh, Celtic as well but definite bids for uh, for Ryan Kent Leeds have been interested in taking him back south back to the English Premier League there's also talk in terms of Leeds of Borna Barisic and it's maybe not too surprising uh, Leanne because uh, after a shaky spell early on with Rangers where I think some people uh, failed to be convinced about him uh, he's very convincing at the moment isn't he yeah I would agree with that Rob I think the only reason that people weren't convinced by him was was more I, I think he struggled with the physicality of the Scottish game I think he, he got a bit of a shock when, when he arrived because he was one of those players as we would describe as, as typically European you know when he came under a bit of pressure or there was a few challenges he, he kind of stayed down a bit longer than uh, some players might and and that frustrated uh, a lot of the Rangers fans then there was injuries and niggles but by God as is he, is he kicked on and, and the performances you know have been there to see I think he's, he's by far been one of Rangers you know stronger performers and, and that's saying with a team that have you know had six clean sheets now um, no doubt there's going to be interest from from out with Scotland with those performances I think a natural left-sided fullback, although we've got plenty in Scotland um, are often hard to come by and, and certainly the way he gets up and down the pitch and supports the attack I, I think is something that, that clubs will be desperate uh, to get their hands on but from what I can see today Stephen Gerrard's not interested in, in listening to any any bids that are, are going to come their way just yet No they wouldn't need their best players they need Ryan Kent they need uh, Borna Barisic and all the rest um, pitching in for the in the bid to stop Celtic in their tracks this season Celtic looking to hit uh, the perfect 
10. I, I, did, I, I saw Barisic quite a lot. I saw Rangers quite a lot in the Europa League last season working for, for, for BT Sport. Um, and his stats were amazing in terms of assists and and that and we're talking a bit like the, the goals of Morelos operating mm-hmm. at that level you know really impressive six goals and six group games and in terms of assists Barisic was really up there yeah and and that's the thing Rob often with these players now you don't even for a lot of clubs that are, are looking to recruit you don't need to be at games watching a player week in week out you go into a database now you put in a player's name and it will tell you everything that you need to know you know, shots on target, pass completion that I was speaking to Morris Ross mm. earlier, he touched on the, the stats side of the game as well. Um, and Barisic is, is always up there. You know, week in, week out in the Scottish game, uh, you know, sometimes double figures in terms of crosses into the box. Um, he's a really attack-minded player, but also I think defensively he's, he's got stronger during his time at Rangers as well. And a lot of teams now are, are playing that expansive type of football, you know, possibly going with the back three and having what Rangers do with the two attacking fullbacks and Tavernier on the other side. And um, they're gold dust, to be honest, that there's not a lot of them. And certainly at the price that a lot of clubs could possibly snap uh, Borna Barisic up for, English clubs that could go and throw 15, 20 million at, at that type of player. You know, if you were buying players like that elsewhere, you would be doubling that at least. We had Stephen Presley on the show last week and, and he was he was talking about, his, his view has always been about this season that it would be the transfer window and the transfer market that decided whether it was going to be Rangers or Celtic. Now I suppose the, what's changed is the fact that the transfer window rather than being a month is mm-hmm. all the way to October. So this this situation could continue to change and it's, it's, it's actually, you, you can see where he's coming from, can't you? Because uh, Rangers or Celtic could lose a big player in the next month or two and that, that would change things wouldn't it that would change the whole dynamic yeah no for sure and I think it's one of those transfer windows that it could work for you because you, in Scotland we're playing games the season's underway um, by the time the window closes you know going to be close to probably you know 10 games at least that have been played um, if you need to get players into strength in your squad you've still got time to do that but you've also still got time to lose your big players and I think that is got to be a concern nobody would love, you know, enjoy being a manager at this moment when the phone goes you just be <laughs> please don't be the message that you, you're dreading um, or if it does happen how quickly can you act to replace um, these big players not easy you know, when you're looking to replace like an Alfredo Morelos 30 goals a season or an Odson Edward um, or again type players like Barris it's so influential uh, in the way that old firm players do but even you know other clubs like Motherwell losing a David Turnbull um, have you get players there do you have money to tap into you know the transfer window and get players in it it's not always as easy um, but it must be just a strange time just now with the, the window being um, slightly different but it will be interesting I would agree with Stephen Presley I think it, it could define the outcome of the season Um if one of the big two go and lose any of their key players because I, I think they've been so influential and they've certainly had a lot to say in, in what's happened in the, the last couple of seasons anyway. Glasgow's own Go Radio, the football show, 0808 17 17 700. Uh, Paul from Kirky on the line. Hi, Paul. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good, Hi, thank Paul. you. What would you like to say? Good, good. Uh, there's a few rumours uh, swirling around just literally in the last couple of hours that uh, Olivia and Cham might be the subject of a bid from West Ham. Just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Obviously, Neil Lennon was saying there was a few players that maybe went away. Was he one of them? Perhaps. What's your thoughts? Leanne? 
Um, it's an interesting one. If it's, if it's breaking news, then it, it's a good one, Paul. I think there's been a lot of speculation with Neil Lennon coming out and making those comments. I think it's added fuel to the fire with players that perhaps were in the fringes of the Celtic team at, at one point. He's now come in though in the last couple of weeks, and he certainly had his, his fair share of playing time. But you know, is that possibly? with the view to, to trying to get him a move and, and getting him out of the club and getting a bit more money in if, if he's not quite happy being there it would be interesting I, I certainly think he's a, an incredible player Rob you, you've probably seen a lot of him as well with the, the coverage of the games and, and Ali I, I think he could you know go and play out with Scotland I don't think at Celtic he plays in his natural position I, I think just now he's even been played out of position whether that's the, th- the thing that's unsettling him, if he is one of those players that, that's looking um, to move on, I don't quite know, but it'll be an interesting one to see how it plays out. I don't think he'll play too much of a part in Celtic season as they go on now with the likes of David Turnbull coming into the squad, if they get Lee Griffiths back fit. Um, but it'll be an interesting one. It, it could be, but what sort of money would would West Ham need to be? to be offering just now you know is he going to be double figures like other players are, are touted Paul what do you reckon with that in, in, in a price wise if he did go um, to be honest with you I mean my, my biggest concern is really you know do you think it's better just to get rid of players that clearly don't want to be there is there any point trying to convince them to hang about you know a club like Celtic to play for a team like Celtic it should be a, it should be a dream for a lot of people you know so as soon as they want out the door do you do you just start to think about getting rid of them um, I think the numbers being talked about today were about nine, ten million, and so on. For me, I would take that in a heartbeat, especially if he doesn't want to be there. No, I would, I would agree with that. I don't think any player can dictate whether they leave a club or not. If you sign a contract, even in this current climate, where, where contracts are often not really worth the, the paper that they're written on, because if clubs want to come and get you, um, they'll make it happen, regardless of, of what's written in paper. But what I do think is that Olivier and Cham has certainly played his part over the years at Celtic. You know, he, he's um, influenced their success so far in the nine in a row that they have achieved. Uh, I don't think he's always been given the chance, perhaps, that he, he rightly deserved. And maybe that's just a bit unfortunate because there's, there's players in there that are like a Scott Brown that are, are never really going to be on the bench as a captain. Um, but I think if you're offering ten million in, in this window, would Celtic look to go and use that to, to possibly strengthen and, and bring in other players? Who knows? And when you say he's been used out of position, Leanne, do you mean you you see him more as a sitting player in the, in that area rather than the number ten? Yeah, position? I think he's he's a six or an eight for me. Um, I think he, he comfortably moves the ball. He's one when we speak about even a defensive midfielder. I think he sees the forward pass from a, a deeper position in the park. I think when he goes higher up the park and he's playing with his back to goal, I don't think it's it suits him too well. Um, he works hard. I think he's he's always a player. Even in, in the last couple of weeks, he's been a player for me that that's worked hard. And certainly after that Champions League exit, I wouldn't have been pointing the finger at Olivier and Cham as a player that's looking to leave the club. Um, but it will be interesting. I think he he's maybe just at a stage of his career, though, if the rumours are true, that he wants to go and try his hand elsewhere and actually show how good he can be and, and get a fair crack at it in his um, natural position. It's interesting, Paul, that you're saying you would you would show him the door because would you have been saying that when he chipped in the, the winner against Lazio? No, there's no doubt he's an exceptional player, but I think it's just frustrating for fans to hear that people are looking for a move. I mean, obviously it's difficult to say 100% because we don't really know, but it's not the first time he's been linked linked with a move away. I think he was on the verge of joining Porto at one point as well. 
So I think just as a fan, it's frustrating sometimes when players are regularly uh, linked away like that. But uh, there's, n- there's no question in his ability. I just wonder, as good as he is, I don't think he's ever fully reached his potential at Celtic. And Leanne, as you touched on, there's maybe players ahead of him that are perhaps considered undroppable at times, mm-hmm. you know, which is is no fault of in charms, you know. But uh, I don't know if it's one of those ones, maybe it is just best if, if he if he did move on at this stage, especially for money like that, uh, and especially if he, if he is uh, looking for a move, you know. There is the balancing act as well, because while you, you can rightly point out at the moment that he's not getting into, the, or not regularly getting into that, that starting 11, Leanne, you, you need... You need quality on the bench to, to, to go the distance in the title race, plus all the European games that could be coming Celtic's way. You need a squad, and, and Tom Rogic you know, could be on the way out to, to Qatar, and that's one midfielder out. That's a brilliant point, actually, Rob, because I, I think that's so important, especially over the course of a season like Celtic are embarking on. Um, the way the season has started for them, a bit stops that, and I think when you look to the bench, at times you look for inspiration you look for a, a game changer a match winner you you look for a bit of calm you know de- depending the circumstances and I think Olivier and Cham has, has offered you a bit of everything with that if you're comfortably winning a game you can put him on and he'll see the game out he'll move the ball he'll circulate it really well if you're needing a goal or, or you're needing that something different that spark that bit of creativity I think he also offers you that as well so Listen, we've just talked him out of that move, so I hope if he, <laughs> <laughs> I hope if, if he's listening, um, he's taking on board what we're saying because I can't speak highly enough of him. But I get uh, the stage probably he's at in his career. If he's looking for a move, it's understandable. Um, you'd be frustrated, but you also need to respect the the Celtic team that he's he's been part of and the yeah. invincible seasons that they've had and the players and the quality. Um, and the way the manager views him, you know, and, and ultimately that's what it will come down to. If Neil Lennon wants Olivier and Champ to be Celtic Football Club, he'll be there. Po- if he doesn't see him as part of his plans, you know, the, the move might be on the cards. Yeah, Paul, while we've got you with us, what about Odds and Edouard? I mean, we're, we're hearing that uh, he's training with the French under-21s, which is good news for Celtic um, in terms of him potentially post-break being available to come back into the team because you miss him when he's not around but the the fact that he could play with the French under-21s and his scoring uh, record with them if he keeps that up is he not uh, flagging that for potential admirers and, and, and the Celtic fans will be quaking in their boots about the, the potential for for Celtic to get a, an offer they can't refuse for him? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's uh, it's obviously great for Celtic that one of their players is is mixing it with talent like that. And obviously, again, he's another um, exceptional talent. I, I, I like what I'm hearing about him, though. He sounds like quite a down-to-earth character. Um, you know, I, I, I believe his agent said he's not in a major rush to move on. He is still young. Um, so hopefully he'll stick around um, for as long as possible. And if he's not going to stick around... Hopefully he'll uh, have a word with one of his pals in the French team and say go and sign for Celtic, you know. I'm sure, like, I'm sure he's got some good pals kicking about, you know. So, but yeah, what a, what a player, what a player. He's a he's a pleasure to watch. Paul, thanks for your call. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Cheers Paul. Cheers, thanks. Paul. On the Go Radio Football Show, we're going to be talking Scotland next. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. That's Ali Defoy, Rob McLean, Leanne Crichton with you on the Go Radio Football Show for a. Th- Thursday, pretty sure it's Thursday. Yep, yeah. that tomorrow is Friday, <laughs> and Scotland play Israel tomorrow. I've uh, worked it out, and based uh, on football games, <laughs> exactly. That's the way I do it, to be honest. Uh, Scotland Israel uh, tomorrow night, and then Monday for that game 
in the Czech Republic for Stevie Clark and his squad. Um, let's hope for the best. And we will get, of course, Leanne Crichton's selection very shortly for that game. We're all on tenterhooks. I know it's a back three. I don't know much more, but we'll find out everything shortly. Uh, Barry Ferguson has already picked his uh, selection for tomorrow night. I'm holding off. Uh, mine will be about 20 to 8 tomorrow night. I think I'm holding fire till then. Till the team sheet comes out. Exactly. Um, but let's uh, hear from the Scotland manager Stevie Clark ahead of the game and firstly uh, about putting together the squad he selected. I think as much as anything I, I tried to select as many boys as possible that, that were with us in that camp, in the, the November camp and the mind of the players is, is just to remind them of the positivity that we finished with. I remember after the home game against Kazakhstan everybody walking out of hand with a big smile on their face. And I just reminded them about that. It's, it's important that we keep that positivity around the place. Yeah, it's that feel-good feel factor that you want to retain, isn't it? That's it, Rob. Um, I touched on it earlier. It's that momentum. I think it can be hard to, to get at international level when it's, it's so, so, so stop-start. Um, and especially off the back of this pandemic and the way it's kind of halted the games and... I bet the players are just desperate now to, to get out there. And I know we speak about the fans and, and I've been at a lot of games where the national team come under a lot of criticism. There can be a lot of stick before, you know, if, if the ball's not been put in the net after 20 minutes, the, the fans are kind of on their back ever so slightly and, and you feel that at times um, in the stadium. I just hope that even without the fans there tomorrow night, they, they can go and kick on and build that confidence, just grow that confidence within the team. When you hear players speaking about it, when you hear the manager speaking about it, people seem to be enjoying being part of the national team and, and being at camps and disappointed to be missing out. Um, and with that mentality, if you can breed that, you, you can breed being winners as well. And that's exactly what we need to get with them. Still time to get in touch with us on the Go Radio Football Show and tomorrow night's as well. Get your call in early for that one. And how do we get in touch, Ali? Yeah, you can give us a call 0808 17 700. Oh, no, I missed the 17 again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah, I did it once, right? <laughs> and ever since I've got it wrong. 0808 17 17 700. Maybe you want to give us your starting 11 lineup. Maybe you've heard Barry's. We'll recap it if you haven't. And Leanne's, of course, is coming up. And maybe you want to get in touch. Smithy has already on the at Go Football socials just saying he's loving the show. So you can do it that way or drop us a text 87474 and put go at the start of your message, your normal network rate, nothing special there. Now, if my eyesight was better, I'd be able to look across the studio at uh, long social distance and see what, and cheap, uh, what Leanne Crichton has scrolled down on the back of a fag... Well, it's not a fag packet, but on the back of... <laughs> because not. you're too much of an athlete for that. But, no, uh, I never brought him in with me tonight, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> and he's pulled you up and pointed it out. But um, let's hear from... What, what about Stevie Clark? What about his starting eleven? Because he's the man that matters. Pretty much. But I've got to say, the, the quality and the, the training... Uh, so one or two little doubts in positions, you've got two players vying for for the spot and as I sit here now, I've probably got 10 out of the 11 nailed down and just mulling one over. Well, he's got 10, you've got 11. Um, what is the position he's wondering about, Leanne? Well, I'm wondering if he's seen my starting 11 here, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> or you've maybe passed it on. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's an interesting one. Uh, it, you know, it could be... Uh, the goalkeeper situation is he is he thinking about making that change with John McLaughlin having such a strong start to the season um, David Marshall not having played too many competitive matches of late that could be something that he, he would trial to see how it goes but I think Steve Clark likes consistency um, and I would be surprised if he if he changed the goalkeeper 
tomorrow night. That's why I've went with David Marshall in goals. Yeah, and he has spoke speak, spoken about uh, continuity in terms of the squad. So yeah, the natural extension of, of that would be let's go with the the goalkeeper who's kept us on a high. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would be surprised, but then this run of games uh, this month is probably an opportunity for him to do that or or get a look at um, how John McLaughlin would be in that en- environment with the team and. Um, it'll be interesting but are you going to ask for my starting 11 today nope. or do you want yeah, no, just, I mean, just to keep just not yet alright okay can you, can you just wait for it you've kept <laughs> me hanging the whole I know, night for I know, I know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> how long have we got no we're okay we've got pl- we've I've totally changed it since the beginning of the have show. you no I've not <laughs> <laughs> I've been sitting waiting you are a wind up merchant uh, I love it it's um, brilliant a, a lot has been said about Ollie McBurney I think uh, some of us are thoroughly bored to tears with the Ollie McBurney saga uh, but some strong feelings um, certainly have been attracted by that whole story of uh, calling off for Scotland and then featuring for Sheffield United here's what the national gaffer had to say uh, I think people before they go shouting off about something should should try and get the full facts when we met up on Sunday Ollie hadn't had one minute on the grass so he did a training session on Monday he played 45 minutes in a friendly which I'm sure Chris looked at as a training session I believe they've got another friendly this weekend so I would imagine that Ollie will get more minutes on the pitch and he's working on his fitness to be ready for Sheffield United he was never ever going to be ready to play two international games the Chris he was speaking about was Chris Wilder of course of of Sheffield United um, who selected him allegedly against his will uh, for that uh, friendly for Sheffield United where are you Leanne on McBurney gate well I think listening to Steve Clark he's made it quite clear hasn't he that that he kind of knew where he was at and there's been enough communication to clear it up and I like how he's preparing everybody for the fact that he might get minutes at the weekend so that the, the media storm and the media <laughs> frenzy around it doesn't <laughs> kick off again when yeah. you check the, the the match report and you see that he's played so um, listen I, I feel for Ollie McBurney because I've listened to him speak and I do like the way he speaks about the national team and wanting to be part of it. he's a boy that loves his football he just wants to play he's a goal scorer Um He's unorthodox, he's different from what we've seen before, he doesn't quite fit into that mould of what we see as a Scotland number nine that should, you know, have his socks up to his knees, run about wholeheartedly for the 90 minutes, giving his all, even if he never scores or he never gets a chance, he, he, he doesn't take any of those boxes, so if that's what people are expecting of Ollie McBurney or for some point him to change and him all of a sudden to become that, I don't think that's going to happen, but what I like about him is that he kind of ignores a lot of the stuff that goes on. Um, he's the raw end of the deal. I think it's a hard one for us as fans because if, if we don't see him on the pitch and we don't see him scoring in a blue jersey, it's difficult for us to really gauge and give a true opinion of him. Um, but I think he's a talented footballer. He can affect the other things that go on around him, like his big money move, um, the way he performs week in, week out in the English Premier League. will we'll tell you everything you need to know. He, he's not at a team like Sheffield uh, United for... No reason, do you know? They were a top side last year, they performed really well. But as Scotland fans, we don't have a lot of patience with people and I actually feel sorry for him. I hope that he, he does get back on the pitch with the view to the October dates. I heard him, or he came out and made a statement, didn't he? Just to yeah. say that he was working hard to get back and um, he's something different. And certainly with the crop of players that is in that national team just now, he fits the mould because a lot of them are young, they're different, they're not something that we've seen before um, and I think he could do a job long long term. I guess it's almost like you having an injury, being able to get minutes at Glasgow City but playing for Glasgow, uh, playing for Scotland would be completely different. Is, is that 
Yeah, and the games are totally different. In the international stage, it's so difficult to... If you play one way and you're so set in your way at club football, it can be really challenging to adapt and go and play with a different team, a different group of players. The way Ollie McBurney plays is club football. You know, the team has a game plan that will rarely change because most games will be the same in England. For them, they'll have the same objectives week in, week out, where they're playing against top sides that they'll expect not to dominate possession, play in the counter, hold up play, drag his team up the pitch. Whereas I think in the international stage, it's a completely different ball game for him. Maybe he'll never fit in. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it'll just, it'll never suit. He'll be one of these players that can never transfer what he does at club football onto the international stage. And, and I think when there's so much pressure and expectations around the national team just now, we're so desperate to get to a major tournament. Um, we flag up every little bit of criticism that we've got of players. Uh, if we were a team that qualified all the time, we would never be having these conversations. And that pressure as a player would make you think, if I'm not 100% on my game, I'm just going to get pulled apart. So you know what? I will take a step back and think I'd rather someone fully fit was able to do the job that I'd love to do for my country if I, I know I'm physically not there. That is it, exactly. And, and I think that's what Ollie McBurney has done up until this point. He's never really got involved with, with the criticism and the expectations of him. And I think he's, he's quite happy to put his hand up and say, listen, I'm, I'm not ready. This is the reason why I would have loved to have been part of it. And I'm not. For some people, that will be enough. Yeah. And for other people, it will never be enough. Right, Leanne Cretton, you've been nagging me for the last two hours to ask you. So I'm now going <laughs> to ask you for, for the Hope next 30 good. seconds, you are the Scotland head coach. Right, here we go. In goals, we've got David Marshall. We have a back three of Kieran Tierney, Scott McTominay and Liam Cooper. We have a midfield five of Andy Robertson, John McGinn, Stuart Armstrong, Callum McGregor and James Forrest. And we've got Ryan Christie and Lyndon Dykes up top. Christie playing just off of Lyndon Dykes. You are two players different from uh, Mr Barry Ferguson's selection. Um... He has uh, Scott McKenna playing rather than Liam Cooper at the back and he has Ryan Jack in the team. You didn't have Ryan Jack in the team, did you? No, no. I've got Armstrong. You've got in Ar- there. Armstrong. That's, so those are the, the two dif- differentials. And, and those are two points that I'm sure we, we could both argue. I, I think either of those starting lineups would they'll not be too far from, from what Steve Clark will pick. Scott McTominay being the one that would be the biggest guessing game and that's something that, that probably more a, a media storm have managed to create over the, the last number of weeks discussing that and um, other outlets have been the same and I know people I've spoke to had never heard of the idea until I mentioned it um, <laughs> you know and then quite happily jumped on the bandwagon with it but I, I think it's if you're looking about a long term plan for Scotland that's you know perhaps something you would look at Scott McKenna would be disappointed to miss out because you know he's been consistent I think even in Aberdeen's start to the season um, And would it be the fact that he would be on the right side of a back three and predominantly left footed would it be that that would concern you about the balance of the back three? Yeah that's it and I just think if you're looking to be I think at international level it's so difficult to get that balance right at times with the formation or, or how you tweak it I think the important thing is that you've got a balance in the Scotland team where you can comfortably defend and you can comfortably keep the ball. 
it's just, that is what you need to do and we need to become good at that I think Scott McTominay offers you that in the back line I think he's better with the ball and that's something that I would like to see especially with players like Kieran Tierney in and around him and with those players in front of him you could add another couple of players in there that could chop and change it like, you know Barry Ferguson's thrown in Ryan Jack what does he know about it? <laughs> centre mid surely no is that, is, that, is that a team that beats Israel tomorrow night? Yes. it's got to be 100% good. Leanne, thanks a lot. Good to have you with Thank us. You. Cheers, and uh, join us again tomorrow night for another two hours of football chat on the Go Radio Football Show from all of us. Bye bye. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go.